0: And namaste. This is Preeti Adhikari, the founder of the Great Nepali Diaspora. This is where we showcase our global Nepali professionals from all different domains and showcase their stories of success, perseverance, and struggle. And today we have a very, very, very special guest, Kirtana Baskota, who is the CEO, founder of Baskota Productions and co-founder and producer of South Asian House. Kirtana, welcome. I've wanted you on our podcast for so long, and I'm so glad it's happening now. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having
1: me. And the minute I met you, I wanted to get to know you, get to be your friend. So I think this admiration goes a long way. It's not just from this conversation.
0: <laughs> lifewise, lifewise. So it was the uh, Women's Leadership Summit in uh, Dallas, right? And I've said this to you, uh, you know, again and again, and I've, you know, talked to so many people about you. When I heard you talk, it mm-hmm. was, it just spitted the animal, right? It was like insane. Uh, for me, I'm so like all about women empowerment, and especially new mm-hmm. Nepali women. It was almost like you embodied all the qualities I wish for Nepali women. And to see that on stage was incredible. I echo the same way because when you started speaking, since
1: you were the keynote speaker, I just sat there in awe, literally sitting there just watching you and running around on stage with your sari and just smiling away and talking to everyone. And uh, my husband goes, you have a crush, don't you? And I was like, oh God, yes, I have a major crush on this woman. I want to be her best friend. So it's, I think that event changed my
0: life in many ways for sure. <laughs> perfect. No, perfect. And we'll we'll talk so much about this in terms of uh you know how do we take this forward right this mutual connection we have um and really to showcase uh you know amplify and so on and that's what we'll will discuss today um to to, to get started kirtana you know Usually the the creatives, they move to Hollywood, they move to New York, and you're in Austin, right? Tell us why you moved there. So I used to live in New York.
1: um, And about, it was in 2009, I visited, or 2008, I visited Austin uh, for South by Southwest. But I came in to party. Um, And Austin had this very, Indie, very musical, very Tomil vibe, in lack of better terms, and it felt very strangely home. And then in 2011, after graduating, working in New York for a bit, I was like, you know what? It's time for change. The rent was going higher in New York too. I used to live in Park Slope, so it's not fun to when you know you're this young little graduate. So I decided I started mapping out spaces as to where do I want to go. Um, New York and L.A. seemed very similar. And something I was brought up knowing as a kid was always be the big fish in the small pond and small fish in a big pond. And Austin seemed reasonable, though it's Texas. Um, <laughs> I flew my dog, packed my bags, drove down. And 12 years later, you know, Austin is thriving. It's growing. We have an incredible incentive that just got passed for creatives. Studios are moving in here. So it's no longer Tom since there's also a lot of tech involved, but it feels very Austin's home. It's hot right now, but it's still home.
0: (laughs) So hot. (laughs) Um, I love that uh, Austin is growing in so many different domains right like you said uh tech they can for creatives and there's so much happening that for you from you know going to party at uh, austin they can hosting the first south asian house tell us about that journey it's a full circle uh yeah. because
1: so i'm here in 2008 you know i i'm not really worried about the the nepali in me or the south asian in me or being an ambassador you know when young girls and boys and you know children nowadays that are particularly being ambassadors of their culture it's really aspiring because i was not that kid um yeah. and i'm here and you know i'm looking around and then every year i've been to south by so after 2008 uh, i think nine I'm, I skip but then 10 11 every year and south by is a little different of a beast compared to any other festivals you know yeah, there's houses so houses are pop-up events that showcased a country's culture or a community's culture or a new tag. And it, it's just, it's this incredible, you know, space to just interact. And there are these mm-hmm. pop-up events um, that happen throughout. But in 36 years of South by Southwest history, there was never a South Asian house. So I started questioning and every year. So this started, this question started coming in around 2017 as to why isn't there one? So I approached a couple of people, didn't work out. They're like, why don't you start one? It'll happen. We'll follow." And then in 2019, South by, I met with a bunch of folks who were traveling. They're producers, you know, they're together and they're from different parts of the world. And I was like, I don't understand why there's not a South Asian house. And they're like, you're you're the best person to start this. Uh, Why wouldn't you? You start, we'll rally behind you. And I'm like, Okay, that works. And then come fast forward 2021, 22, I'm in um, Dallas-Fort Worth Film Festival. I know Jithin Hingorani. Um, I bring it up. I was like, hey, you know, you do all these events everywhere. And everyone kind of, you, you're, you're this person who knows the Indian community very well. Because I knew that as, as a Nepali, unfortunately, funds are not something that come at you even no matter how yeah. much you try. And this is a massive funding space. And exactly. so I talked to him and he goes, yeah, I'm on board. Let's do this. And then he's at Tribeca, meets with Ruhi and Monica, who are my other co-founders, who actually had been at South by that same year on a panel and they'd been talking. So then he gives me a call from Tribeca saying, hey, I met these girls. They kind of want to be on board too. So it was like the universe was kind of conspiring about a South Asian house, just that. It was trying to figure out which four puzzle pieces would be brought together, and then rest is history. We had our first South Asian house. I'm already gearing up for the second one. Um, got some incredible talent and partners uh, planned out already, so it's I'm I'm thrilled. I'm really really stoked. A um, lot of work, so lots of volunteering. And last year, I mean, we didn't have a lot of Nepali representation. Um, right, right. It wasn't as equal, but this time I really want to bring in. I mean, I can't be the only one representing. I kind of want to sit in the back seat and and sip on tequila instead.
0: <laughs> but Seriously, that. But but uh, tell us more. How do we get more Nepali representation? South by Southwest. North? I
1: think volunteering is a great space, especially for young ones. Right, and if you want to be. In a creative space, or not even creative, if you want to open your network, I think you know what you guys are doing is so important because it's expanding your network. If you're not for creative specifically, well, I guess at this point, even tech, if you're not working on what you're on your project, then it is important to go and find networks to go and talk to, collaborate with, and just kind of educate yourself. Self by self, is incredible. I mean. South Asian House is free, so anyone can come in. Um, We just require RSVPs, that's about it. But we had 7,000 people come in and out. And even then, what I was noticing is that we were missing a lot of the younger generation. Because we as an... And I guess this is just, you know, being a little older speaking, because as someone who is young, I thought the... The world is going to be my oyster and i can do whatever i want with it but i lacked i had to work a little harder when i was older to expand on my network but then there were other folks that were similar to me who actually ended up similar of age who would network a lot so they were able to kind of create those pathways because they were that's the way they were brought up um i think that is going to be very important for parents to encourage their children to, look, if you want to go in the STEM route, fine. You know, if you're going to push your parent, push your kids to go in the STEM route, but don't crush their dreams. So let them go volunteer. Let them go communicate. Connect. Explore. Right? Yeah, let them explore, you know. I mean, that's what my parents did. I guess that's why I can, I was able to be, I mean, I was able to follow my dreams. Um So I think that is one, partnerships, sponsorships. Um, exactly. If you really want to speak at a panel, being that person saying, "Hey, I think what I have to say is important," so really going and selling yourself too, because I think as Nepalis, we're very, very bad at doing that. That's not <laughs> yeah. great. with us. It's really not taught. Um, I yeah. but I think, and then of course, you know, bringing in our culture. Like we want to bring a lucky dancer. We want to bring in more um, things that are more um, Nepali itself. And I just don't want it to be about the mountains. I mean, I love the mountains, that's, but that's not
0: just there. There's,
1: but, right. Yeah.
0: Right. Especially in 2023, I think we have more to offer. And I think um, it's really exciting. Um, what I hope, you know, for our community is people see opportunities like this, right? They don't have to go create opportunities from scratch, but we're all trying to do little bits of pieces here and there. And all they have to do is be a part of it, right? And I hope right. community actually. Joins not just one or two people that are uh, in massive uh, numbers. I hope they join. So yeah, it's really you know and that I really hope so too because I'm not gonna lie. It
1: becomes really it, it it I I wouldn't say it becomes really lonely because sometimes it's also very empowering to be this loud. And I have a very theatrical because that was my you know I I was trained in theater since I was a kid, so I have a very loud theater voice. But it's it's kind of Sad when everyone's talking about you know this part of India and that part of India or this part of Pakistan or this part of Bangladesh and they're really coming together and there's this whole communication and here I am this Kathmandu who's we're just talking about Kafrandu alone or just being the Nepali person and just talking about Nepal but then again you know it's like where are my people I where why aren't they showing up I think that's the important part is why aren't you showing up when there's an event that is
0: happening on the global scale. Yeah. Exactly. No, no, no. I, I so agree. And I think now we're seeing that we started, we started that, uh, yeah. my hope. Again, people start supporting, not just publicly like God or in a key. Like you have to, you know, show by action, right? By yeah. sponsoring and showing up and all of it. So, you know, uh, we we're hoping just can make things happen really fast. I'm not gonna lie
1: that, you know. Um, I haven't really gone out of my way to really infiltrate the community and say, I need your help. Please help me. Um, because in the past, it's it's been different. Like God, You get these different excuses that, you know, no doable. God, we can't compare ourselves to that. We can't compare ourselves to that. But yeah. sponsorship goes a long way. You'd be surprised that, you know, you don't really need thousands and thousands of dollars to just be showing up for a couple of Events. That's a sponsorship alone because you're helping me pay my heart tab. Uh, I so tried. Those those are important things for sure. <laughs>
0: awesome. Yeah. Um. I think you know we'll will uh, our community will get to see more updates on this. that I hope we can get more sponsors. We can get people to volunteer and we can get people to be involved. Um. Definitely. Think, you know? And uh, and I need the help to be influenced by Nabaldo. Like
1: I need to. I need ideas. Right. Because. There's one head. I can't have all the ideas
0: in one head. <laughs> I mean, no, no. I think that it's going to be, you know, the exciting thing um, that I see from the community is that, right? It's not the community we uh, experienced 10 years ago or 15 years ago. It's, it's where although there's a lot of young people, there's a lot of ideas and people are, you know, uh, want to do something, right? So I'm hoping everything, all that works out and we can do something uh, incredible together. Yeah, I agree. Perfect. Um, next question. Say, so, you know, you have your own uh, production house, right? Uh, Bascota Productions. Tell us about that. Uh, you know, starting from why you chose that name. Um, and, and tell us about some of the things you've done. Um, you know, it's funny that you mentioned this because I it just
1: kind of came to my mind. One of my friends yesterday, uh, or that a couple of days ago was googling my name. And just, I'm the only name that shows up no matter what. So I'm lucky that way that I'm the only Kirtanavanskar in this entire world. Um, So it helps um, because he Googled his name and there's like literally millions of people that show up with the same name. And he's an actor. So he goes, come on, it doesn't work. But, you know, I, so fast, I mean, rewind, I guess, the first film in Nepal, being sanctioned by my grandfather Naran Prasad Mascarenh who was the minister at the time in the Mohinder Sashin. um mm-hmm. so kind of i never kind of connected that and then you know I, i've just been this very proud little mascarenh girl growing up um i didn't really get much time in kathmandu unlike my cousins and my siblings i went to boarding school in india but uh this i've always i've always known that my identity is I'm very proud to have that last name. Um, right. And also the fact that, you know, when I go back in do it's easier to just kind of, I'm not going to lie, it's easier with the last name too. I was like, mm-hmm. so so that pride kind of stuck with me and I refused to change my last name this is the name I was born with, this is the name I'm going to die with. And when you're a creative, your creation becomes your brand. Your um what you do and you're leaving footprints in every single thing you do you're leaving your ideas somewhere or the other there's a mark that you leave so you know of course Kirtan the name that I work in other productions that cannot leave a mark but then when I sit down and think what's my legacy going to be is the fact that I'm creating and I love to create and I'm the first daughter to do this in my family too Um, so why not leave a legacy and a mark with the same name that I'm so proud of um and and a, cool. how's it? on a global level right yeah on a global level because I mean I do have an office in Kafandu as well I haven't worked in Nepal yet um I I'm hoping that next year is going to be my first project in Nepal um, but I really wanted to put a stamp really wanted to grow and Austin has been so kind to me so it's also funny, can, uh, Nepali, of course, we say Bhanskodai, and then with the naw because of the Tandapindu, here it's Banskoda. So mm. every time someone asks me, how do you pronounce your last name, you know, up spelling or pronunciation are different, it's pronounced exactly like the same way my name is written. And then... So that's been the most in, incredible way of yeah. branding. Actually, it's been weird because Nepalis don't say Banskura, they say Baskota So now I have to figure out a a way to mesh the branding throughout right. Qatar, Nepal and year. That uh, that's really the history of you know why, and it's really an ode and homage to my grandfather and and the legacies left behind and my family and um a a thank you to my parents who. Who never questioned the fact that I wanted to go to film school and get a bachelor's in film, and uh, just encouraged me throughout. So it's really, it's really um, hats off to them. I mean, and the logo is because my hair usually is always on the side, so that's where the the logo comes.
0: <laughs> that's beautiful. leaving my mark. <laughs> that's that's beautiful. So you always wanted to be in the film industry, right? Yes.
1: Um, ever since I can remember, like I remember, well, when I was in India and boarding school, I went when I was a, I was 12 years old, Nenitalma, um, All Saints. So I would sign letters. You used to get these tiny little inlets that you used to send to your family. And my my Pupu right now, she she still teases me and goes, do you remember you used to sign the reincarnation of Marilyn Monroe? Uh, like every time, and I was always in, theaters every single time you know the end of the year and scrapbooks for all your friends and there's like those tears I mean you're only going for three months now when I think of it there's like I don't know why we were crying all the time but those scrapbooks always said you know can't wait to see you see you win an Oscar and it kind of was like where I had this vision and dream as a kid and everyone in my family and my friends just encouraged it and it just kind of it wasn't just my, it's not just been my manifestation. It's been everyone else's manifestation for me. So that belief kind of stuck with me forever. So
0: it where I go with it. It's <laughs> amazing. Um, this, you know, support can be and almost like a village, right? And so, so wherever you are, um, that, uh, you know, from, from those dreams in Nepal to coming to the U.S., was it like very seamless? Did you have any hurdles in terms of, you know, uh, moving towards your dream? Not, I mean, yes. So yes and no, both. Right.
1: So the, like school was a breeze, um, because I think once you go to boarding school in India or you've studied in Nepal, university here is easy. It's right. nothing gets difficult here. Right. Um, I, my only thing is cause I went to a private school, Temple University. So it was a little different where there was no Nepali community. Um, I was born here, so I wasn't an immigrant. Um, right. I, I didn't I, did, I didn't qualify to be an international student. So I think those were my moments where I was like, but wait, what do you say? So just kind of coping up with, back with like, you know, those American nuances. But that was like, I think the biggest hurdle that I had to face. Um, mm-hmm. On paper, in front of me, you know, I always say, I don't know what kind of stars I was born under, but whatever it is, I think I might be the luckiest person alive because... I've never faced direct criticism or uh, or issues with the way I look or the you know any kind of racism at all. Uh, unlike my brother who has, or as any a lot of my friends who have. Um, so, do, do none of those kind of hurdles now in terms of film school. Once you graduate, that's when the hurdle begins, because you're like you're a PA, uh, which is a production assistant, and you're starting from scratch. But you don't know where you're gonna go because You're in New York and everyone is in that place. And then you start realizing, okay, what do I do with this? Like, I wanted to be a documentary filmmaker, a wildlife documentary filmmaker, filming snow leopards. I go, never mind. I'm not doing this. This is ridiculous. I'm not going to be in the mountains watching snow leopards trying to do things forever. So then you started kind of figuring your path out. And then you realize... Filmmaking is starting a business, which means every short film is a new business, which means you need to ask for money. And what Nepali culture or the way I was raised is, we do not talk. We don't find it comfortable to say, hey, Preeti, I need $10,000 to make this short film about my culture. And um, so I decided to join tech sales after that to just understand and be comfortable asking for Just funds within without blinking an eye or, you know, without feeling uncomfortable, without making someone else feel uncomfortable, because that's also another thing that you can ask for funds, but you can't keep going to the same coffers over and over again. Um, Then how do you expand your networks? I think that's where I wouldn't say it was a hurdle, but that's where the journey starts coming together. Um, Then I had to kind of take a back seat from film. Um, That's why I moved to Austin but then even here I was doing a lot of slasher films really bad great d grade films that are not even listed on my IMDb because no one should see those films but they taught me how what not to do how not to behave how not to what not to communicate how to finish your project you've started um how to treat every human being like a human being and not you know they're not laborers they're they're the creatives they're really working really, really working hard to make something because they believe in your dream. Um, So everyone's gearing together to just believe in your dream. That's it. Like it's, you know, it's a producer, director, writer's dream. So I think with all of that said, um, that's kind of been the, the pathway. And now that I've created the pathway, I want everyone to follow in it so they don't have to try to reinvent the wheel. So here I am, beckoning, Nepali women and girls and young boys to hop on this train because, you know, it's time we actually start making films that Netflix doesn't even blink an eye to say, let's let's take on or any other platforms or any other, you know, industry. So here I am. I,
0: I am for help. <laughs> That's incredible. Incredible that, you know, you've paved that path. And I think now uh generation will have much easier time just, you know, following that. Um, that a quick question on what you talked about, right? Um, from your experience, right? Anybody that uh, goes into creative field and so on there, if, for, just from your experience, there seems to be a need for even understanding the business side of things, okay? So whatever people study. Oh. Um, do you think there should be a little bit more focus on that as well so that people don't, uh, like, have a better learning curve in terms of, Uh, not just learning the craft, but monetizing it? Oh, yes, absolutely.
1: I honestly regret not listening to my dad in terms of going to business school simultaneously while going to film school. Um, Because it does, I mean, any kind of creative art, be it, you know, directing, producing, people only think that, oh, producing is, you need to talk about, you know, funds or monetary gain. But so do writers. The whole strike right now is happening because of the fact that we like writers like to write and they just, but if you just understood numbers, you know, actors. I was just talking to one of my friends saying, you know, you can't let people take advantage of you as an actor. And that's again, the strike ha- is happening for actors as well. Um, even pr- uh, production assistants, if you're going to go into something, know your worth, know your background. You know, if you've gone to film school, be able to say hey I really want to do I really want to work on lighting because that's what I want to do forever or in the near future this is how much I can bring so know your numbers learn to negotiate I think that's those are things that are so important to be taught negotiation business but even if it's just basic accounting oh god accounting it's (laughs) still yes I had freaking out moments at the beginning with like my accountant then just like freaking out and calling and saying, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't understand any of this. Um, so just but I think also the main thing is curiosity. Like I think overall, if you're curious about just logic and numbers, um, along with the creative side, it helps. Or find a partner who you can trust wholeheartedly to do that. Um, because that also is very important. I mean, read, read everything, read every single thing because
0: contracts are intense uh, insane insane right and I think you're um, not being comfortable with what you're told right I think you know reading and what what you're suggesting is yeah. all of that right oh yeah you can't just say, you know. yeah I mean yeah I think this
1: is this is I think an overall I don't know what this is where if even if we see say for example if paperwork comes in from a doctor's office you'd be surprised how many of us will just like sign it with just because we want to get done with it instead of really reading the fine prints. Um, I used to be very guilty of doing the same. And then once I got into the producing aspect, I was like, wait, hold on. What does this mean? And now I redline everything and I ask questions. Um, Asking questions again, you know, why do I need to sign this? Why is this important? Is also very, I think that also brings in a lot of strength to who you are. Um, I started I started feeling more comfortable when I started asking more questions instead of just going with the flow. And I think we've been trained um, culturally where asking questions is not as encouraged. And when I say culturally, I just don't mean South Asian culture. I mean like regardless as women, we've been told not to ask questions that are, here we are, breaking boundaries and
0: just, why is my favorite word? <laughs> no, no, that's, I think that's such a such a good thing that, uh, you know, we've learned and I hope our community learns as well, right? Just asking questions, not just being okay with anything, right? The, uh, the contracts who could say I think it's not just uh, uh, in terms of, um, it's like even for jobs and stuff, right? It's, it could be anything where um, if you don't understand anything, you should ask questions. I think that should be that, you know, our community follows quite a bit. Um, that are, you know, you, while talking about, you know, encouraging young people to follow in your uh, in your path, apart from, you know, going to film school and just specializing and so on, what are some traits that you see are important, uh, you know, if people want to get into this field? And, you know, it's it's a big range we're talking about, right, in terms yeah. of different roles. What are some sort of things that you would suggest to people that are trying to get in so i never had a mentor i suggest
1: finding a mentor uh, you know i think that is very important to know someone who has either been in the industry and doesn't have to be your culturally itself you know there's so many organizations now i mean i'm a part i serve on the board of women in film and television in austin and it's an international organization it's you know with 70 plus chapters across the globe. Every city has a chapter uh, more or less in the U.S. Like, and their emerging talent is very, they're, they've got allies, their emerging artists' uh, cost, membership costs are very low, but finding those mentorship spaces, going and volunteering. Um, for practice, I would say, you know, social media is great because you do get followers and stuff, but at the end, again, know exactly what you want to do, because say, for example, if someone sent me a TikTok audition right now, I probably would not look at it um, unless it's, you know, asked for. Um, I get random emails from random unsolicited actors with extreme weird videos. And I, I'm i like, I'm not looking for anything, but I also find it, you know, sometimes these pictures is just, I... I don't know how to say this, but you need to stall up because and like really think or just do some research. Um, if you're an actor, I would say, you know learn a monologue well and learn get your headshots. If you don't have the cost, if you don't have the you know the monet, uh, the monetization to get a professional headshot, that's fine. Do it from your cell phone. Our cell phones are incredible nowadays. There are some incredible YouTube videos to just teach you how to angle yourself. Do not send filtered pictures. No one wants them. No one cares about them. Um, But then if you're going into like producing and directing and be okay starting from the bottom. That's something that I really encourage. And I think there's this like fact about ego. Even till date now, the minute I find out, you know, there's this big Hollywood production happening that's like millions of dollars I find some way or the other even if it's peeing I will go on set just to see what the new gadgets are what they're doing how do I just hover around these big directors to see how they work and then come back saying oh I got this but then again just like really educating yourself and putting yourself out there because it's very important to to be humble in this space um partnerships reaching out being kind you know our our industry is a very unkind very fast moving industry um it's very based on a lot of look and feel and it's um it's very plastic in many ways so know what's under the plastic like really try to peel the layers and then try to be authentic um because there have been moments where I was like, you know what, whatever, maybe I should not do what I do. I mean, I'm not, it's not like I'm done much, but even, you know, it's like trying to be as authentic as I can for myself and to myself has been, um, it, is, it is a journey and it's a battle. It's a nonstop battle saying, well, if that person did that, what if I just tweaked my way a little bit? And if I tweak my way a little bit, how far is the tweaking going to be? And how much am I going to lose myself? So having like that support system, like to ground you, to remind you that you're a human being, to call you out, to to not put you on a pedestal, you know, because everyone else will. Um, and also remember, this industry is not glamorous in any shape or form, from That's writing that. to working in the dead of the heat to being on the red carpet and you've got body tape all over you wearing that dress you're sweating from head to toe and the lights are on you and then you're constantly worried that you might have lipstick on your teeth or you might have a you know your pores might look really big i mean those that the, those are things that like or you might because okay. uh, i'm very animated when i speak so usually i'm caught in like really weird angles um so i'm always also like now i'm like okay just smile don't get an animated but then once I start speaking, I go, oh, you know what? Never mind. At this point, no one cares. This is who I am. I'm just going to own it. But
0: Right. But well, I learned that you're talking about the non-glamorous side of things as well, right? Because- There's nothing glamorous. There's nothing. The only glamorous bit is
1: when you sit on the couch and you turn it on and you see what you've done on TV and you're like, this is pretty cool. Like, that's it. That's the only glamorous bit. Nothing glamorous. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You we know, really have so much. I feel like, you know, we should do an unedited version of, you know, talking about <laughs> videos and pictures you get and all of that. But, uh, but tell us about the really cool things you've done that you're really proud about on a personal as well as professional level. So let me go personal.
1: Um, last year, I was able to climb up to thousand feet in Kalapatar. So we went, my family, me and my cousins, we went to a right. peace camp. I was terrified because, you know, I hadn't really practiced. I mean, I live in Texas, you know, which is the highest elevation in Texas is 748 feet, <laughs> which is sad. But, you know, that's where I was. And I i think that moment, it, it was one of those days where everyone's like, no one wants to climb that. That my guide and I and pretty, I don't know why I did this as we were climbing as like acting as if I could do this. And every single time I'm like, I need to sit there and just breathe so he doesn't think I'm dying. by the minute. <laughs> but through, you start climbing and then you start realizing, you know, the stars are right in your face and everything around you is just just so quiet. There's it's unpolluted and in light or sound or anything else and no one else was walking in front or behind us at that time and we walked to the top and there was a team waiting but they were pinned like it was so quiet and still because they were just meditating and as the sun rises and you see all these different mountains light up and then finally you see Everest light up I mean, she's not the prettiest mountain in the world but god when she lit up you just go this is it this is this is a moment I can just I'd be okay if I died today. It's that moment of, I don't know, nobody pride or just being in a mountain, feeling nothing, like feeling that you're so insignificant in this vast world. And all you can do is do your bit. And then a moment of sadness kind of creeps in because you're like, oh, my God, I say I'm insignificant. But what I've done has created this mountain in many ways to be so polluted and People like me have created these places where glaciers are melting and there's whole climate change catastrophe happening in our part of the world because of human beings like me. And then you start realizing you're powerful to be that change too. So I think it was that moment that just like gets you. Um, So I think personal level meant that, but as we were going, and this has been going on for a long time in my mind where I wanted to really work on an animated series um and i started i was my nephew was with me so we were walking and i started narrating the story and he goes kirito are you going to write it and i was like yep so i come home and i started writing the the script for it and then i go and pitch it and then i then pitch it to the women in film and television international competition and win the development award. So right now I'm working on a a script about a Nepali girl in the mountains trying to trying to it's a Nepali girl with her best friend who's a yak go in search of her father who has been kind of, you know, buried in an avalanche, but meanwhile as she's doing that, she faces all these demons and everything and and at the end of the day it's, you know, a it's all about climate change and how it like engulfs it so that kind of led to that Um, that's a very big project so that's it's just me like i love that i love that i can't wait to you know see it uh, me too <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's been no. like the longest project right now that i've been working on and it's not even like i wouldn't even say it hasn't even begun because i'm still writing yeah. um so that in terms of Nepali, that's one. The other Nepali feature I'm writing on is about a, and that's also in pitch mode right now. It's about a um, older widow who comes to live with her family here in in the U.S. Um, after her husband dies, and it's just this beautiful family dynamic. And you know, she's trying to figure out the U.S. and she doesn't speak English. That um, uh, she kind of has like a she she breaks her hip and has to be put through physical therapy, but the daughter-in-law is you know a top CEO doesn't have time. um the son says he cannot really do it. so I kind of shifted gears a little bit because you know usually no matter what our women are incredible like they are able to juggle a million things, it's sometimes when you're when that same responsibility comes to a man, not necessarily are they able to do it um. So they then they kind of put her in an oa, in a physical therapy home. And she's now navigating through life. And, you know, she develops these friendships despite speaking different languages, um, has an interpreter that comes and helps her out and finally is able to figure some things out. So um, that's been, that I think should be complete next year. Um, Putting a call out to Nepali women who are actresses in the U.S., um, if you're here and you are in, you're interested. I really would like you to audition. I want women that are over the age of 65 to audition. Nothing younger than that, um, because I think that's also another place where we lack in telling stories about our older people. Um, so, Nepali Mati Duta Um, and then of course, you know, I co-founded the Nepal America Film Society with the International Film Festival in in Maryland. Um, which has been running for six years successfully. Um, so it's been incredible to connect with Nepali filmmakers there too. Um, but outside of the Nepali thing, uh, besides South Asian House, I'm really excited about my feature coming out, which is called Where the Stars Are. It's written by Andy Yang. Um, it's a Vanskoda Productions home production built in Austin, made by Austin for Austinites. Um, 95% of my cast is Asian American Pacific Islander. Um, 90% of my crew are API and peers, like person of color. Um, has three original songs. The trailer releases on September 5th. The poster is already out there. Um, it's a very indie film, really low budget, but it's got this like beautiful story about uh, migration in the sense where your parents came here with a dream and they expect you to follow STEM or they expect you to follow certain aspects and goals in life because that's what they think is the American dream of towards happiness but what their dream might not be your dream and it clashes between the passion versus the dream so um, these two uh, these two actors who want to be a filmmaker and a musician are really wanting to do that, but the parents kept keep wanting them to kind of go into engineering slash medical school. So very similar to a lot of stories. Um, so that worked out pretty well. Um, another film that I directed called Premonition is coming out this end of summer. Um, stars Bill Duke. It's a psych thriller um, that's based in Dallas. And then I have a couple of other shorts. Uh, they've got I work in every genre. So, you know, I've got an LGBTQ short coming out. I have another um, relationship between an Italian woman and a um, Hispanic woman. Um, they're neighbors and they're just conversational, like short coming out as well. Um, I'm working on another Nepali short. I'm working on a bunch of other other films. So there's there's quite a bit that a feature about. I think these are four or five things that I'm working on. Already. And then I just announced a pilot series called House of Wu. Which is going to be a beast.
0: <laughs> no, this is an incredible is we like I said, I'm, I'm so proud of you, and I think our community is just going to love it. Um, on our end, we'll do everything to amplify it. I I would love for our community members to go see these features when they come out together, and you know, really, really um, show support—not by just saying that they yeah. support, but actually in numbers, watching it, sure, you know, sending feedback and everything else so we're super super excited I think it's it's incredible Um, Kirtana, one thing sort of I want to talk about is you know there's all these genres you're talking you know you're working with all these different stories and so on how do you feel your identity as a woman as a Nepali um, as an immigrant all of those right Um, how have they evolved Uh, you know through your journey uh, in filmmaking and all of it. And what sort of, is is that like a chicken and egg sort of thing where, you know, you, your identity shapes what you make or it, like it's the other way around in a way where, uh, you know, some of the things that you create are shaping your identity?
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> I think,
1: I think it's a chicken and egg situation because, um you know, like I said, it's. I think to me, storytelling is so unique because I've met actors that are here who've been in the different industries in different parts of the globe. But when they come here, they're like, well, you know, no one's really writing a story for me. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, you know how to create. I mean, you might have an idea of what you want to do. Just if you don't know how to write, just record your voice and send it to a writer. Let them let them do the work. Um. So in terms of what's shaping what has become more like I'm I think I have a very clear vision of what kind of projects I want to work with I want to work with projects that are very diverse in the sense they have to have you know they can be I can work with anyone and everyone from across the globe but the layers have to have some kind of social impact message or there has to be some kind of you know some kind of Um, conversation, be it mental health, be it um, LGBTQ, be it women's rights, be it immigration, like whatever, these are like strong points that I really do believe in that need voices. Um, Like I said, I was, I'm born of privilege. I, you know, I've been given all the privilege. I've been given an extremely loud voice. So if I'm not being an echo chamber for someone else who has a softer voice, then what am I doing? Um, am I going to really like, am I gonna really thrive? And I think I thrive in chaos. I like I like negative feedback. It sounds really weird, but I like people to tell me that this is bad. Um, because that's the only way I can grow. I know. If I if someone keeps telling me, Oh my god, you're good, you're good, then it doesn't really work. Uh, but I love when people are able to give me feedback, are able to just look at something and say I don't know how I feel about this and I like to know how you feel because my thought and idea of something might not be your thought and idea of something um, in terms of you know the projects that I create I know for a fact that I could never do justice to a story that from a girl from Bhaktapur because I've never lived their life now if they have written it and there is a certain way to be directed then yes I can come in but I can't sit down and write that because that authentic juice that needs to be in a script. And you'll see it in a lot of films actually. Like when you see it, like a hey, chat the wanna put in an egg, there's because that authentic love is missing. So right, I, I know, said, Yeah. Um, so I'll stay away from those projects. Um, I know what I don't like for sure. Okay. Like what I will not That's do. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I know what I will not do. Um, I know there are certain people I will not work with. Um Okay. I be it cast or crew, if it's the core group, I do my homework well. I'm, I'm the kid who used to hate doing homework. Now I love doing homework. Um, I like to know every single person. I like to have this very connective space on set. I think it's very, very important not that even that reflects on television, you know, it's just or on screen. Um, so those are, I think that's how I work. Um, sometimes it works for people, sometimes it doesn't, which is okay because everything is fine. Yeah, I don't believe in uh, burning bridges in this industry. There's a lot of burning bridges. Um, I don't see that. I'm, you know, I was born to build a bridge. I was born. I was born. I was born in Missouri of Nepali parents who moved back to Nepal and went to India. So, no, I'm not building that. I'm going to be burning a lot of bridges here. <laughs> uh, so, I think. With that mindset and that, you know, that behind my back, um, it's been easier to work uh, than this is exactly what I want to do because I'm pretty, I had my fingers in every cookie jar.
0: Which which is nice, right? I think that's something that, again, our community can learn that uh, there is there are multiple ways to go around it and just being open-minded about all of it, right? And being mature about it. Sometimes it, I think it's uh, age as well where, you know, so easy to say, okay, you know, I'm dead against this and so on. And I think what maturity is, is figuring out that, you know, there's other ways to go around and so on, right? Yeah. I think in this, in, you know, the, mainly for the creative side, right? It's We become
1: pioneers in many ways. Like before, you know, before pandemics happen, there's already what a film about, like like 17 different films about pandemics before AI came into being, there's a little show about AI. So, you know, if you're going to be that person, then you should be open to feedback. I think that's also another aspect. Like, I think being open to feedback, and I think you've heard me say this in many before, it's like being an active listener, really understanding what the other person is coming from and where they're coming from, not going in with we all have our personal prejudices, you know, I, I'm i born a unicorn where I love everything and everyone, but that doesn't mean I have to disrespect someone else's boundaries and someone else's thought process. Being patient enough and that, that definitely comes with age and learning where you have to be very, very patient um, in this industry and also learn how to say, no, I'm not going to take that from you. Um, I've had moments where I've seen younger women being yelled at and I've stepped in and say no that's not gonna work or i've been yelled at and i and i of course and i was like and i walked away um <laughs> so nothing i <laughs> do no, no, no i mean yeah there are times when you have to you literally have to say that because you can't let anyone take advantage of you that's and everyone tries to take advantage of you here um and this is yeah this and you're you really, like you said, right, you're a business of your own. You are, it's not just you owning the business, but you as a person, you're your brand, you're your business. Something I, and there might be any, whoever is listening and they might kind of smile because there are moments where I've been invited in our own Nepali community and they spell my name wrong, incorrectly. Yeah. And I send it back to them and say, my name is not Kritina, it's Kirtana. Very clearly, there's an A after a T. So, please, kirtan ako kirtan You know, and I say it's, it's a very, those are very simple things too. Like being diligent, do like pay attention to details. that's also another thing. Pay attention to details. going else, some very, very big projects and shows have had major full buzz because of that. So, there's a, there's a lot of layers, but that's just being a human being. You know, these are things you teach your kids growing up. I mean, that's what I was taught. So it's, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I you know, there's um, definitely so much um, that we can teach the community. And I think, um, you know, we need a whole other episode just to talk about those kind of things, what we wish our community is and not, is not. And, you know, there's uh, obviously, uh, I think it's... Um, it's It's on a positive trend, right? in terms yeah. of how we're being as a community and so on. Um, that, uh, just to wrap this conversation up, Kirtana, uh, what do you think is um, is something uh, you know for our diaspora, let you know let's uh, sort of leave Nepali But when we think about this Nepali diaspora and moving forward, how can we like create that brand? Or the diaspora in general, and how can we really uplift each other? So, I
1: mean, of course, you know, networks like yours are, I think, the and the pioneers of doing this, right? Because I think what's happened is, in the past, and this is something I've noticed, and I have been guilty of this myself, where you join a local community and then you realize that there's this, there is this gap between um, age and I guess the way people came in, the diaspora entered the country. Um, now, if you're a professional, you're kind of like, all right, I'm a group, so let's just have jam night, let's just hang out. And of course, the one thing in common for every Nepali is we all have momo parties. I think momo party, uh, no matter what, hands down brings every Nepali together. But,
0: uh,
1: okay. <laughs> so but I think that's what you guys need to do, like set a momo party for a global momo party for all of us to go up. That uh, other than that, I think instead of stepping away from the Nepali diaspora, I think it's also important for a step into the Nepali diaspora, where what I'm trying to say is, you know, if you're a professional, saying, hey, this is what I do. What can I do to help? Because, and it might not, and honestly, I think what also a lot of people did do in the early 2000s, mid 2000s was get burned out because of the monetary ask. So even if it's just like networking and saying, how do I mentor you? I think a mentorship program is incredible. How do I I teach you and how do I learn from you? I learn more from, you know, these younger, like 15, 16, 17 year old kids nowadays than I do from my elders because they're so inept to remember. Like everything right now is, you know, tech. And they've got it. They were born with a cell phone in their hand. Um so I think just those moments of instead of stepping away but trying to step in and because I've been guilty that's what I'm trying to do is like you know reach back out apologize for the the lack of interest on my part or the lack of stepping in or just you know that's also on me because I can blame everyone for doing whatever but for not showing up but what have I done for them to show up for me? Um, so, just knowing that too has been very humbling and finding those people that you connect with who are already in the diaspora and are part of it in a larger scale and being like, hey, can you help me out here? Um, so, building those friendships. Because at the end of the day, you know, we, we all are Nepali, Nepali ish, in our own ways. Right. Right. We have Momo in common. So, let us all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised it that Lumbo doesn't have a MOLO <laughs> I mean, think there, there's actually, there's you, you wouldn't believe it. We actually, we, we've created one, uh, some stickers uh, mm-hmm. for, for the diaspora. It has, um, uh, n- uh, not just Momo parties, but mentorship parties or yeah. something like that. We went mentors <laughs> we Point that for, um, uh, for the diaspora that, uh, that, 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 you're so right. I think understanding, you know, our, uh, like ourselves and our diaspora and figuring out ways to engage, right? I think uh, what we love is now, I think, you know, if we let go of our baggage, individual as well as collective, the timing is right. Yeah, I did, like for us, all of us to step in. And I think uh, all of us, I feel like people are generally, a little more accepting or something like that. Something's happening with our diaspora. I think yeah. there is uh, this vibe that I feel. So I think, you know, it's a good time to step in uh, but on that note, Kirita, this was so nice. I'm so glad. You know, I feel like you and I are already friends. We, we can talk about other things. But uh, what I love is I get to showcase you to people in our community that haven't heard about it. I mean, there's a lot of them that already know you, that I hope that this actually brings, um, showcases you, right? The, the amazing work you do. And I think. Also showcases the need for our diaspora to come in and contribute. So, thank you so much for your time. Ah, thank you, Preeti. I am so grateful
1: um, that I met you on that day, and you know, this has evolved. And I'm, I've been following you. I've been listening to your podcast, and it's every single time I see a post uh, from you on LinkedIn, I'm just like, what is she? What is she up to now? So I thought, I thought I had a million things going on, but. Knowing you, I'm like, okay, I still got six more hours on my day that I can fill in. So, but thank you for creating such a space for all of us to come together and for all of us to be, for all of us to network and engage and grow. Um, because at the end of the day, yes, we're here in the U.S., but there's this incredible, you know, halo that we bring with us. And all we can do is just put it together so we can just shine together.
0: So I love that. Thank you for for having me and thank you for your friendship. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, you know, for our audience, you'll get to hopefully see some updates from the two of us very soon. But until then, listen to our episode and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye.